0: Still feeling the effects of the weekend. Hello, everyone, and welcome. We are live from the bunker. My name is Jason Hunt. I am the editor-in-chief here at Sci-Fi for Me. And a, a, a quick point of clarification, if I may, uh, because I'm seeing in several places, uh, just, to, just so everybody is clear. Live from the Bunker is the title of the show. The channel is Sci-Fi for Me TV, which is part of the overall Sci-Fi for Me operation here. So just just want to make sure we get our nomenclature correct, because we have seven different shows here. Uh, The channel is Sci-Fi for Me TV, and we're glad that you're all here watching. Uh, And also, those of you who are listening to this as a podcast on various different players if you choose to do that. We're glad you're here as well and want to welcome all of the new subscribers, the people who have found us over the last uh, three or four days (laughs) of Mayhem and Chaos. The chat is open, the comments are open, we are broadcasting live to YouTube, Odyssey and Facebook. So you can find us on on all of those. You can also catch us on a number of the social media channels. Uh, We're on various different ones there, trying not to keep our eggs in one basket, as it were. And I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this. It may not be a very long show today because I don't want to drag this out. But I am... Somewhat bemused, I guess you could say is the word uh, for for some of this uh, that is that has gone on. For those of you who have not been keeping track, if you if you've missed out on the fun, as it were, <clears throat> uh, the the interview that I did with uh, Ernie Gygax from last Wednesday, apparently. Has broken a piece of Twitter. Uh, Creators Outlet, hello, Cam one one three eight. Good to see you both there in the chat. Um, and I gotta say, this this has taken me by surprise. It really has. Um, and and the the reason for that, there, there's a couple of things. One. Um, I have I have had conversations with Mrs. Boss here and I've talked to other people here on staff and I've and I've basically said that you know it's it's all nice and well and good and fine that our official position here is that we don't have an official position we don't advocate a particular ideology we don't and, and you know advocate a particular political philosophy or anything like that um, I am unabashedly a conservative, yes, but uh, the station, the, the the channel, the the website doesn't reflect just me. In in those opinions, we have people from various different points of view, and and it's a good mix. It's good balance, and we try to stay fairly, you know, middle of the road. We don't commit. You know, we're not part of any kind of group. We're not trying to trying to, you know get on a side as it were but I have said on a number of occasions and mrs boss will back me up on this if you ask her uh, that at some point whether we decide or not that we're on a side somebody will decide that we're on a side I don't I don't see that happening yet which is good um, it's it's rather surprising to me also that the the comments thread uh, that has uh, spiraled out on this particular video has been relatively <clears throat> relatively civil. and as I'm going through and monitoring uh, and moderating the comments. I'm I'm reading what people have to say. And it's actually been an interesting progression of conversation on on a few threads. Now there've, there've been some some bad actors, I guess you could say, rude, crude, socially unacceptable. I for the most part, I'm letting things go, even though it's probably against my better nature. But I've only had to delete maybe about half a dozen that have just gone over the, over the line and, and, and aren't contributing to the, to the dialogue, as it were. But it's been really surprising that this is the video that blows up. Out of everything that we've done, out of all of the people that we've talked to, out of all of the interviews that we've conducted, I mean, I've talked to Joe Haldeman who's a Hugo Award-winning author. I've talked to Cat Rambo. I've talked to, you know, you know, Dave Weber. We've interviewed filmmakers and we've interviewed actors. And, you know, in outside of the panel videos, like Stephen Amell, Ming-Na Wen, um, uh, Carrie Elways, you, you get some of the panels that we've moderated. Those have some pretty good views. But nothing... In any of the rest of our library, our repertoire, as it were, has blown up like this. I mean, right now, currently, uh, we are looking at, let me refresh it, we're right now looking at 8,938 views with 331 comments which is a little surreal for me, given that the video is about Dungeons & Dragons, which is a very esoteric... Well, role-playing games in general, the TSR games coming back. And it's a very esoteric thing. This is not millions of people enjoying this hobby. And it's its one of those things I'm thinking... Okay, well this is good because we're picking up views and that's that's great. We're picking up traffic, you know, and and of course traffic means revenue because we're we're monetized, so there's that part. And subscriber counts going up. So, you know, there are there are positive there are positive aspects of this. And the fact that that the the comment thread has not devolved into Neener, neener, neener all the time. That's good as well. Uh, everybody seems to be having conversations rather than just, you know, hurling insults and mud at each other. Slinging mud is never the best way to do this. Uh, hello, Hyper Kaiju. Creators, uh, Creators' outlets is 8K worth of. <laughs> Um, you know what I forgot to do uh before do it, before conducting that interview. I forgot to roll for initiative, you know. I forgot to I forgot to roll my dice for for protection spells because it the way Twitter has taken this. And it's not just Twitter, it's over on a couple of different discussion forums about this. And I I'm finding I'm finding sites that I never even heard of before that are uh, discussing this. And at one at one place there's a yes, saving throw versus twitter insanity. Let me get my do it does I does that take a d9 a d20? Is that a d20 for that? See, I mean this is this is my bag of dice. I haven't I haven't played D&D since the mid 80s. Maybe. So I I have not been part of the RPG community for a very, 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 very long time. But it really shouldn't surprise me that like everything else these days, there is a certain contingent of people who have decided that they are the ones what know better. And... <coughs> Excuse me. They're going to uh, they're going to take things and run with them. And and some stuff that Ernie said in this interview last week. Uh, I feel personally th- that they were taken out of context, and Ernie is being made out to have said things that he did not say. Now, part of that problem, I think, also comes from the fact that people are taking a particular piece of the video. And they're not watching or listening to the entire hour. And it is an hour. I mean, it's 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 an hour. It's time that you've got to commit to it. And I know in these you know, these days where everybody wants everything in the sound bite and thirty seconds and three minutes and whatever, and move on to the next thing. I think currently right now it's only sitting at about eleven percent where where people are actually watching the whole thing. So it on the one hand, it doesn't surprise me that people are not staying through the whole thing to hear everything that Ernie says. on the other hand it's it's a little bit <clears throat> dismaying uh that people are so quick to jump to conclusions about any little thing and uh, and push I don't want to say push a narrative because i really i i think See, this is where I'm probably going to get myself in trouble, because I think there are some people who are actually genuinely asking questions for clarifications on what Ernie said. And I think that there's there's that group, and then there's the rest of everybody else that wants to dogpile on Ernie and, and the new TSR games for what Ernie is portrayed to have said. Critical Blast is here. RJ, Hello. He says, I'm just here to mark the incendiary timestamps. <laughs> uh, Hyper Kaiju says, what's sad is in the 90s when I was growing up, I could go to virtually any uh, LCS local comic shop and sign up for a D&D group and it would work out great. Now I don't think that's the case. See, <clears throat> that's that's the other part of this that really kind of flummoxes me because <sighs> people talk about, Gatekeeping and and exclusion and and being included and being part of this and that and the other and representation or whatever. And when it comes to genre, you have, I think, uh, a generation gap here. You have people... Uh, for whom, and, and we've talked about them before, You know, history started when they were born. They don't understand that anything came before them or whatever came before them doesn't matter. But I think we have at least one generation and maybe two of people who are fans, and we'll use the loose definition of that, fans, people who enjoy a thing, people who, it, it, whether it's you know deep dive esoterica, I'm I'm able to write supplements to the to the to the compendium type of fan, or people who just you know oh yeah that's Iron Man I recognize the character type of fan. You have the passing fan, you have the deep dive fan, but I think you have at least, maybe a couple of generations of fans who don't have the experience that the rest of us have, the older fans have. Because, you know, people talk now about certain types of people being excluded or not. Back then, we were all outcasts. We were all weird. We were all picked on. We were all bullied. I got bullied in the second grade for liking Spider-Man. You know, I it was, it, this was the thing. You know, it, the nerds and the geeks, we were off in our own little section of the cafeteria. Nobody paid attention to us. And it didn't matter. White, black, brown, boys, girls, whatever. It didn't matter. We were all weird because we liked Batman, Star Trek, Spider-Man, Space 1999, Buck Rogers, Flash Gordon, whatever. And what well, I I don't know that I would like to be bullied today for for liking Spider-Man because when that happened I ended up with a knee in my face. So let's 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 not recreate the past, shall we? Um, Cam one one three eight says the spoon fed generation thinks that they invented these things and that they're rebels. Uh, it's I don't know. I I I don't know that they see themselves as a counterculture anymore um, because they're not. Well, maybe I see. It's hard to it's hard to figure out who the counterculture is now. Because it all goes cattywampus anytime anybody opens their mouth. Because you don't know who's on who, you don't know who's on which side, what side to be on. Why are there sides? Uh, Camp says, one of the anti-TSR weirdos. Directly stated, their goal is to exclude people while claiming to be for diversity and inclusion. Yeah, that's the that's the other part of this is the the hypocrisy of some folks, not everybody. And not on just one side, but the hypocrisy of people saying, we want it to be everybody. We, we want this thing to be for everyone, but not for you. You, you, you can't do that, really. I mean, you, you can't. Honey is in the chat. Welcome. It says, isn't it silly that people being excluded for being into geeky stuff are now the ones gatekeeping new people? Yeah, I mean, it is. And and Hypercadious has got a good question. Can't I just play my fantasy RPG without taking sides in a political argument? Why is that too much to ask? And that's the good question. Why does everything – I mean, and it's not just role-playing games. It's everything. Why Why does everything have to fall down into political mud? What does it matter? I had uh, an opportunity on Saturday uh Jason with the angry Wargamer podcast he he reached out to me uh, Friday I think and so Saturday night we sat and talked and recorded an episode for his show and uh, i'll do i'll put a I'll put a link in the in the chat for it but um well, actually, I'll put it in the show notes. But the the idea of this uh, sides, you know, having having sides, and this thing blowing up, um, just you know, when he when he reached out to me, it was it was still a couple of days in, and it was. It was still very, very strange to see all of this going on. To see this, this happening the way it was happening in real time. <coughs> Excuse me. And it's still kind of surreal because I'm not quite sure how to. I'm, I'm still processing the 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 everything around it hello Mazarus welcome good to see you hello sci-fi snob snob says RPGs were the refuge of geeks in the 80s it's where all who were excluded were included yes excellent point um, it 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 just kind of kind of makes me wonder because oh uh, well let me let me finish my thought on the Angry angry war gamer thing because he reached out to me, wanted to use clips for the show because they were going to talk about it on their podcast. And I thought, well, you know, my first, my first inclination was no, I don't think this is a good idea because I don't want to fuel the, I don't want to fuel the, the rage for one, but I also don't want to get caught up in, in any gotcha moments. And so when he he reached out to me and asked, I said, "Well, why don't I come on the show and provide some context?" And so Saturday night we recorded uh, an episode of their show and ended up normally their show goes uh, goes about an hour and a half. We ended up recording a four hour episode, and then after we stopped recording, we talked for another two hours. Now he and I, Jason and I, don't don't. Fall along the same lines politically as we discussed, um, but it was a good conversation. It was a very, uh, a very civil and and polite conversation. We got along. Everything was great. We had this we had this discussion and dialogue back and forth. And one of the one of the things that I pointed out then, when you have an opportunity to talk to people one on one. It is much different, a lot of times, it's much different than the group monolith that you face with social media. And the other part of that is that with so many people hiding behind avatars and usernames, there's a lot of there's a lot of people who are not genuine to themselves. They feel like they have to be part of the group. They have to behave a certain way or the anonymity of the web gives them license to behave badly or, or do things or say things that they wouldn't otherwise do in person. There's a lot of that going around, I'm sure as well. And it's, it's interesting to see because when Jason says that this thing blew up over on TikTok, I'm like, TikTok? Why would they be? Why would they be talking about it there? But it it does kind of fit in with this idea of the generation gap. You know, your younger people who think they know everything. Uh, <laughs> snob says that's why I use my real name. Hiding behind a character is wrong. Says sci-fi snob. Okay. Well, and see, and that's the other thing. When when we start when we start talking about uh, bringing on guests, you know, it's still kind of an awkward thing for me if I have anybody on who's not using their real name. I mean, I would love to have just some guy on the show just to talk about stuff, especially with what's going on with the Tolkien stuff. Um, he clearly knows his stuff when it comes to Tolkien. Uh, but, you know, you've got Jeremy at the quartering. You've got, you know, Jeremy at Geeks and Gamers. And eventually, we, you know, eventually the names, the names are there. But, you know, I can also respect that some of these people want to keep their, you know, want to protect their privacy. They want to protect their families, and, and, and I get that. But it's kind of, you know... Having been in journalism and having been on that side of things, where you know the who, what, why, where, when is important, the who part with usernames is still to me is a little, eh. but I get it. I'm 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 an old dog. That's a new trick I have to learn. So um, I've just got to I've, I've got to get past my I have to get past my prejudices. I guess you could say my, your preconceived notions, habits. Um, it's, it's, oh, honey says, do it. It's very easy to use screen names with practice. I like just some guy too. Yeah. I, I, he's, he's got some excellent, excellent content on his channel. Um, <laughs> hyperkaiju says, what kind of coward hides behind a screen name? L O L. Now hyperkaiju, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to, uh, uh, I'm going to make a, a little bit of thing here because your use of LOL, I'm sure, is going to spark a little bit of, of noise from back over there from Mrs. Boss. Because Mrs. Boss has a habit, <clears throat> and I'm, I'm trying to break her of this habit. It's It's one of these things that I have to put up with all the time. She says the word, she says L-O-L as a word. She pronounces it LOL. And I keep looking at her and I'm saying LOL is not a word. It's an acronym, LOL. It's not like NASA. <laughs> yes, Mazer's Mindy's Mindy's eyes roll into the, the back of the head at, at at various different times of the day. Uh, because of things, but anyway, I it's it's one of those things. It was a very good, uh, it was a very good conversation on Saturday night. I was very surprised that it went as long as it did, and the fact that I could go the distance because I'm old, and you know, my normal night I'm done by about one one thirty, but this one I didn't I didn't get. Get home in bed until 4 a.m. So I, the rest of the weekend was pretty much a wash for me. But it was a good conversation. It's a four a four hour episode. I do encourage people to to, uh, to tune in and and take a listen, even if it's just on in the background. You can you can hear the conversation because not only do we talk about what's going on with this whole thing with the with the D and D TSR thing, but we do get to talk about culture and cancel culture and we got a little bit of politics a little bit of religion and you got a little bible lesson i mean there's a lot of different things it's a it's a very wide-ranging free-form conversation and i and i really enjoyed it and i and jason made some good points and i made some decent counterpoints i think so uh so i do encourage everybody to check that out so um Sci-fi says, Should a spouse lose a job, or kids be put at physical risk because someone doesn't like your opinion on RPGs? You're talking about you yeah with all the doxing and death threats. Yes, um, I I that's a, that's a good point, and we have taken steps here even uh, before all of this. Uh, you know, using a using a different address, you know, different mailing address, you know, PO box, and all of that kind of thing. But my name is always has been out there for a while anyway. And we've never really worried too much about that kind of targeting of us, although it's you know it's a legitimate concern. And I've had conversations with the with members of the police department here about you know, well, what do we do if we run into a situation like that and stuff? So yeah, it, it happens. It, hopefully, it doesn't happen to us. So you know, we we takes our chances, but I'm. I'm old school, um, and, you know, journalism, host of the show and whatnot, and then I've used air names before, back in my radio days, um, but it just, I, I never thought about it, I, I didn't even think, but yes, Cam, you're right, Peter is a good example of that, and he's not the only one, I mean, Edwin Boyette got swatted, there was the, I think one of the first, the one of the first ones that we have any record of was the... The video game swatting; somebody in Kansas was killed uh, because somebody in California uh, called them call uh, called the police on them, and it's it's a it's a scary thing. Yes, um, we live in a fairly quiet neighbor, neighborhood, so. Um, Davy says I wasn't too offended. By the way, Davy, welcome. Good to see you here. He says, I wasn't too offended, but I don't get where Ernie needed to even mention gender identity. I was really hoping for a strong relaunch of an old iconic brand. Instead, we got uninspired meandering. Um, that could par- par- partly be my fault because the, this show, whenever we have guests on this show, it's not the hard hitting interview question and answer type of thing. I, I try to keep things a little loose and free form. And, um, make it more of a conversation rather than than a an interrogation or a, or a, a you know Q&A session and so you know structurally that's probably a little bit more on me as far as as far as Ernie pulling out gender, gender identity if you go back and you look he's talking about how the new schoolers and and specifically dealing with you know what's going on with um uh, not necessarily Wizards of the Coast, but yet, again, this goes back to a generation where people who were part of the old crowd, um, artists and game designers, are being called old-fashioned, being dissed, he says, being, uh, being uh, insulted for not embracing modern trends. Now, the words modern trends could be anything – and Ernie reaches out – and you can see in his body language, he physically reaches out and he pulls gender identity in as an example of modern trends. Now, if he had pulled out anything else, you probably would still have this kind of dog pile on him because anything that's considered a modern trend, if you are not with the modern trend, you're not with the hip crowd, uh, then you're going to get uh, – you're going to get a little bit of this uh, cancel culture blowback on you, um, and yeah, I, snob, you're right. Ernie got himself caught up in this. He should have just stuck to talking points when that came up. And I and I think if you go and listen, see, and that's that's the other part of this. If you go and listen to the entire thing at the 52 minute mark, that's exactly what he says. Gaming is for everybody. Gaming is is a, a way for anyone, no matter what their shape or size or, or physical ability or anything, to play this game, to 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 participate in a fun community. And nobody's talking about that part because it doesn't fit the narrative. It it doesn't fit the anti TSR pro Watsey pro critical role, whatever. I don't I don't even know who the different players are in this in this thing. I like I said, I don't have a dog in the fight but i also uh, don't think that anybody should just be able to spout off an opinion without you know backing it up now the other the other thing that neon brought up over on cloudfish cuz back in i think october or november piratesandprincesses.net they had a they had an article about the possibility that hasbro was looking to possibly sell wizards of the coast and as all of this is blowing up, there are a couple of articles that come out that are really, you know, putting the shine on uh, Wizards of the Coast and D and D and how successful it's been and all the stuff. And granted, yes, with the with the pandemic, there have been a lot of people that have picked up role playing games, and there are a lot of D and D sessions that have been gone going on online and and all of that. Uh, but then you have history. And I don't think a lot of people understand, we th- we got into this on Angry, Angry War Gamer podcast, I don't think a whole lot of people understand the history of Dungeons and Dragons and TSR and how we got to the point where Wizards of the Coast then Hasbro owns the whole thing. But one thing that I didn't know, and then this came up through the discussions, various different points at Twitter, somebody had pointed to this. This was an article in Salon from 2001. And it is uh, it is a, an op-ed article from John Tynes, and it's called Death to the Minotaurs, Part 1 and Part 2, about the founding of Wizards of the Coast. And it's, a, it's an interesting read, but it also highlights... <clears throat> what it goes back to what I've what I've asked on a number of occasions: why uh, people of a certain persuasion and and let's say far left, radical fringe, far left, uh, and you can see this in a lot of different places. But why are they so obsessed with? Uh, characters' sex lives. And we talked about, you know, uh, Falcon and, and Winter Soldier are now the new, you know, the new ship. Um, Harley Quinn and Ivy and Poison Ivy. Why, why does it matter? You know, why are we talking about sexual preferences in a middle school, you know, a middle grade book in Star, Star Wars The High Republic series? You know, why does it matter? Why is this such an obsession with certain people. And I have to I have to wonder if it's some kind of effort to normalize everything, anything goes. And then this article pops up, Death of the Minotaur. I'm not gonna go through all of it, but the the foundation of Wizards of the Coast, uh, the guy who put this together was named um, Peter Oh, where's his name? Where's his name? Peter, is this part one? Yeah, Peter. Well, now I'm not finding his name. Peter Atkinson, uh, who, who founded Wizards of the Coast, and his original intent was to create this new type of corporate culture where anything goes... Uh, sex in the office, orgies in the office, let's go out, have a party and a beer and whatever, the lawyers running around barefoot. It, it, was, it was almost a commune type of atmosphere, trippy-dippy, hippie type, you know, new type of, of corporate environment. We're going to do it a new, a new way. And after a particular weekend... People started to realize that you know maybe this is not exactly the best way to to run a business, and it's it's fascinating to see this kind of uh, this kind of behavior in the in the initial beginnings of Wizards of the Coast. You know, it was founded in Seattle, so that's that culture is right there. Um so it's <clears throat> I you know it, it it it's one of those things where I think this whole thing has kind of taken on a life of its own and I don't think anybody is listening to anybody else TSR has made their statements and I think they probably would do well to just let things lie for a while instead of trying to do damage control because that that's not gonna it, you know blood in the water, and uh, it's the more you try to appease or fight, uh, to a, from a from a certain standpoint, uh, the worse it gets. So I'm I'm hoping that. That the churn dies down, and yet, David, you're right. Star Frontiers is is a possibility. I, it won't be exactly the same kind of Star Frontiers, but I know a lot of people are are excited about that one. And and yeah, I I would be curious uh, to to see what kind of games they do. What Giant Lands is going to look like, and what else they're going to be able to pull out of. Um, what's what's left over from the TSR library. Um, because there's there's plenty of room for TSR to be at the table to, to offer up games, except at Gen Con. Uh, I don't know if you saw yesterday, uh, Gen Con came out and said that if this new TSR Games applied for vendor space at Gen Con, they would be denied. So we're already getting that as well and I think Gen Con is probably leaning into the the Twitter the Twitter the Twitter pated cr- crowd. Um, <clears throat> uh, Cam, you might be right TSR might be using this. I mean no, there's no such thing as bad PR, bad press. I don't I don't personally subscribe to that notion but I don't I don't know. I don't know if somebody over at TSR says, hey, let's try to make the best of this. Um, I don't know that you can, but uh, I and and Cam makes the 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 point that, you know, he probably wasn't looking Ernie wasn't looking for people to actually take offense. I I'm reminded of a line from a, a Star Trek episode. And I can't remember the name of the episode. It's the one where Abraham Lincoln and Surak show up. Uh, the Savage Curtain. And Surak says, there is no offense where none is taken. And, it, and it's an interesting philosophical point where even if people are being offensive, you have a choice, you have a decision to make whether or not to be offended or not. And this is something I've tried to drill into my my son where, you know, that you you choose how you react or respond to other people's behavior and how they treat you. And this is something we talked about Saturday night. There's a big difference between reacting and responding. And I think there's a lot of emotions, I think emotions are running high in some in some particular corners of all of this discussion. And I think some people are not taking the time to sit and think and consider what's being said, what's been said, and blowing up and making things worse. Um, and yet, you know, you're right, Cam. Ernie did say they don't, they don't have any designs on directly competing with Wizards of the Coast. Uh, because Wizards of the Coast is the big dog. They're the 800-pound gorilla in the room right now, but I think part of that is because they're owned by Hasbro. And if Neon's right, and if Hasbro sells Wizards of the Coast for whatever reason, I personally am not sure that that scenario would be uh, what's happening, and mainly because uh, I think Hasbro would want to keep a hold of the d Intellectual property, because they're trying to mine it for, uh, you know, there's a there's a Dungeons and Dragons movie that's still in development, and right now it's probably in development hell with all of the lockdown and the pandemic and everything. But I would think that it's up. It's part of the overall plan that Hasbro has to turn pretty much all of their friend, all of their all of their properties into movie and TV franchises because that's what everybody is trying to do. I mean you've got the Transformers, you've got G.I. Joe, you've got Mask that's in development. You've got uh, now Beast Wars is coming into the into the Transformers thing. They were talking about this big giant multiverse where everything was going to cross over with all of their different properties. So Dungeons & Dragons is part of – would would likely at some point be part of that, maybe not as part of the crossover universe. But Hasbro has a vested interest, I would think, in creating media television shows and maybe even pick up an animation show and pick, and, you know, do, like the, do like what's going on with He-Man where you pick up an animation show, an animation, animated series to, to, to finish out the, the cliffhanger from the original animated show. I mean you've already got an animated series with what Critical Role is doing. And granted, that was crowdfunded, but we're starting to see, uh, especially over in, on the comics side of things, the the perf- the publishers, people like Boom Studios and and Image and Dynamite, they're getting into the crowdfunding side of things as far as like variant covers and that sort of thing. So, I don't see uh, a reason why they wouldn't take advantage of a crowdfunding project to kickstart some of this stuff, you know, to really, you know, kind of prime the pump as it were. But yeah, uh, Cam, you're right. It is like Marvel. It's a lifestyle brand. And and when you look at what Eric Larson says about how some of these publishers are now looking at the possibility of the just license license the property out and not, not create – New comics, i mean, if if you could imagine for just a moment Marvel and d c, and i don't I don't know that this would happen. Larson says that it's a possibility. I don't know how how right he is, but he, you know he's in the industry. He might he knows more than I do. But Larson says that it, you know imagine a time where d c and Marvel are not creating any new comics and all they do is reprint stuff that's been done before and it at that point just becomes an ip farm it just becomes we own it so we can make the merchandise so we can make the t-shirts and the and the lunch boxes and the ball caps and we make the movies and the tv shows and the comic books the source material just kind of falls by the wayside. We just happen to have it, oh yeah, there's it's, there's the comic book, there's the video game. there's the there's the board game. there's the card game. and and that becomes incidental and at this and and even maybe even becomes a loss leader, we're okay losing money on that because we own it to make all of these millions of dollars and billions of dollars over here. I don't know that that's what's going on. I don't know that that's Hasbro's plan. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I see AGC in the chat. He says, I come to the conclusion that taking offense is an intellectual and moral failure on the part of the person taking offense. Very well put. Uh, Lorenzo Sleestak in the chat. Hey, sci-fi for me. I saw you last night on Critical Blast and to your channel. Well, thank you. Welcome. Those of you who are new subscribers... Um, it's um, it's fun to see those numbers go up. It is. It's a blast. Um, I, I kind of wish it had not gone as quickly because we blew past 1701 and I didn't get a chance to do any kind of a Star Trek joke. So I'm hoping that maybe we can salvage it and I do i I can do something when we hit 18, 1864 because that's the reliance registry number so yeah you know, some you're gonna have to help me <laughs> uh but right now we're we're currently sitting at uh one thousand seven hundred and seventy subscribers which is which is great to see that number just continues to climb uh, and i'm 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 grateful to everybody who's who's showing up uh the view count on the Gygax interview right now i just refreshed 9044 views i know it's just unreal <sighs> i don't know uh, sub0911 just subscribed and had no clue there were still rational channels in regards to dnd so many now think dnd is apparently real <laughs> oh so many now think DD is real. i yes i it was um uh it was Weird, I mean, and this this goes back. Comics by Perch has said this. Neon said this. Twitter is not real life, and D and D. You know, we have the 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 religious fundamentalists that went after it in the eighties, and now you've got the uh, the progressive fundamentalists who are going after it now. It's 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 a weird time. For all of this, because I I lived through that first wave of gaming is evil type of thing. I, I was there when all of that happened. I, I remember when Mazes and Monsters came out. And, you know, the culture at the time was... You know, this is of the devil. And whether it is or not really kind of is immaterial to the rest of the conversation about whether or not D&D is a good pastime or if it's inclusive. I've seen a number of people saying, well, you know, we had games and we had girls that were at the games and some of them were actually the Dungeon Masters. So it was it – was, I think some people remember it differently. And and granted, everybody's experience is going to be different because the nature of the game is such that every game is different from every other game. You have a structure, you have the rules, you've got the player's handbook and the monster, you know, monster mayhem, and you've got the fiend folio and all of that. And that set the parameters. But the dungeon master and all of the things and whatnot, you could make whatever changes you want. I I saw somebody was talking about – oh, and I don't remember what it was. They were talking about a game that somebody was running, and he was the dungeon master, and he had somebody come in, and it was a kid. And the kid wanted trains in the game. So, okay, it's D&D with trains. I mean you could do anything to modify whatever scenario that you're doing. You know, you come up with brand new stuff that's all doesn't have anything to do with what's in an actual written module. You don't have to play those. I mean, Dungeon Masters were coming up with their own scenarios for, for decades since the very beginning. So, you know, I, I think people need to kind of take take a step back, take a chill pill, maybe take a red pill. I, I, don't take a black pill though and and I don't think I don't think that we're in white pill territory yet either because it's we're not at the point where people can have rational conversations with each other about this stuff, except in a one-on-one thing. And it's funny because uh, you know sub Zero you said rational channels in regards to d and d this this is not how do I put this? Gaming is kind of just a a, an incidental part of of our coverage here, mainly because I don't have I don't we're an all volunteer staff and I don't have a lot of people here uh, who play games who you know some some with video games but not a whole lot of board games and we don't have a lot of time to do that if I had. People who had the time to dedicate to cover role-playing games and board games and and do that kind of thing, I would do it in a heartbeat. We've got a Twitch channel. I've got even – I we even did it for a while. There was a group that was running a DD game before they fell apart because of personalities. Um, but we do have a show. It's called Date Night, and the way we do it, I've got a, a D8, you know, like – like an eight-sided die, D8 Date Night. And that's our role-playing game show. Uh, And we would stream the role-playing game over on our Twitch channel. And I would love to do that again if we could find people that would be willing to do a campaign and see it all the way through. So, you know, it's one of those things that's on the back burner. But we haven't really been very much into covering games because it's such an extensive thing. You know, science fiction, fantasy, horror... But you get into video gaming, you get into board gaming. That's a whole nother layer of of things that are going on, and you know it's more a matter of resources than than anything else. Um, I'd I'd be perfectly happy covering more gaming news. Uh, we just gotta have the people to do it. So if anybody wants to volunteer. <laughs> We have a lot of books to review, a lot of movies to review. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that that I would like to have happen here. Um, but, you know, there's just five or six of us here that that do everything. So it's, you know, everybody's got jobs. Everybody's got families and obligations and whatnot. So we we do what we can when we can. This thing just kind of fell in my lap. It's like, oh, TSR is coming back. Let's let's reach out and see if we can get an interview with with. Ernie Kygax. and we were able to I was really surprised because we weren't that big of a channel we're still not that big of a channel and uh, it's just eh. creators outlet your numbers will go up stay steady keep doing what you're doing let's see um, let me let me do this let me see um creators outlook what do you what do you uh what do you cover on your channel i'm curious let's just tell tell us about yourself um let's see here subject zero says i was there as well i was lucky my mom and dad even though they were christian weren't extremist i remember very diverse games in the 80s i was beginning to think i was the only one i i there was a lot of it um and now ernie will never come back on the show I actually have thought about reaching out and and asking him if he wants to come back on, but I think that would probably just throw more gasoline on it and not not do any any good. Um, Hyper Kaiju says, Watching these woke online gaming channels on YouTube, it feels like they're just desperate to not offend each other while playing, almost like they're being held hostage. You know, that's not the first time I've seen that comparison being made. Uh, when John Cena did his whole apology to China, a lot of people were making a comment that it looked like a hostage video, and there have been other things where people have made that comparisons on some stuff. It's not a it's not a new thing, and I'm wondering if there might be something to it. Um, I'm I am not by any means uh, a psychology or body language expert or anything like that, so I wouldn't be I wouldn't be able to speak to it. But it is interesting that. That comparison keeps coming up, as it were. So it's you know, it, yeah, and and Cam, you're right. the The Whisper Network in the comics industry is an is is a good example of that. You know, they're, with them going after you know they're going after Warren Ellis, they're going after Bill Willingham uh, over Fables, and I would expect at some point. It's going to fall apart it's going to, because cancel culture is a circular firing squad. And eventually they run out of targets and start to go after each other. And we're starting to see it. You know, it's been, it's been happening over the last three, four years where they've started turning on each other. So are we in the waning days of cancel culture? I wish I can hope I don't think so. I think it's gonna be around for a little bit longer. Um, i'm 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 wondering if we're actually going to have to go through an entire generation of people and maybe this thing is gonna be around for another five, six, 10 years. and I'm really hoping that it's not. Uh, but maybe. Savvy Snob says, if I ever have to apologize online, I'll make sure to make it a hostage video. Uh, AGC says, it's only going to get worse. I think it will. I think it'll get worse before it gets better. I think some of it will be tied in with other events in the world. I'll put it that way. Uh, 2022 comes to mind. Certain things happening that year. We'll see. Um, but I also think I'm encouraged by people coalescing behind those targets of cancellation who fight back, Gina Carano being an example. And I'm, I'm curious to see what Sasha Banks is going to do when as, as they come after her now. And, you know, they've, they've tried to cancel others who have, who have fought back a little bit. But I think that's galvanized uh, a, a, a particular segment of fandom who sits there and says, you know, you've, you've finally crossed one line too many. It stops. Enough is enough. And I think we're starting to see more pushback, which is good to see because consumers uh, need to be reminded – Often and frequently, that they have some degree of control over this stuff because they have the money. You know, if I want to sell a widget and I come to you and I say, Hey, I have this widget, it's a very fancy widget, it's a very pretty widget, it'll do everything that you need to do that you need a widget for. And if I offer my widget as a solution to whatever problem you have, Or as an entertainment thing or something, this is going to be fun. Then I make it appealing to you to buy this widget. Now, if I come in and say, you know, here's this widget. If you don't want to buy it, I'm going to call you all of these names. I'm going to insult you. I'm going to bring in all of my friends to come in and insult you because how dare you not buy my widget but now i'm going to look at your personality and if you're the wrong kind of person for me as a customer then i don't want you to buy my widget and I, that's not the that's not the right way to handle things you know you don't you don't market your product by insulting a good portion of your potential market and I think a lot of people don't, you know, it, it, people don't have a good business sense sometimes. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> right, snob. If you don't like my politics, don't buy my widget. Um, Hi-Pakaiju says, I used to spend two to 250 a month in my local comic shop. Now that money goes to manga and back issues, select in, uh, Indiegogo campaigns, 2015, 2016 is what broke me too as a comic buyer. That, and yeah, uh, comics. Comics is going through an upheaval over the last four or five years especially, but we're seeing with the success of all of the different crowdfunding campaigns, there's still a marketplace for comic books. Uh, there's There are still people out there who want to be customers and buy comics, but they don't want to be – they don't want to be – Pandered to, they don't want to be preached at, they don't want to be lectured, they don't want to be insulted, they don't want to be told that they're wrong thinkers. Just tell me a good story. And the games are going to be the same way. you know don't tell me what I can and can't do. Don't tell me what I'm allowed to do, what I'm not allowed to do. Just make your game. and I will decide as a customer if I enjoy this game. And if I enjoy this game, then I'll tell people that I enjoyed this game, and more people will buy the game, and they'll enjoy it. And that's how you succeed with your widget. So we'll see how this plays out because it's – Again, it's one of those things that I did not anticipate something like this happening over this particular topic. I figured it would be something else that we cover more frequently, like maybe Star Wars, because we have a number of Star Wars discussions. I figured it would be something along those lines. But... You know, it's all you never can predict where where it's going to come from. So maybe, maybe we're on the cusp. We're on the cusp of that twelve-year overnight success story. <clears throat> maybe I don't know. Uh. So yeah. So there we are. Uh, that's that's going to do it for us today. Thanks for for everybody who are who are who's here, and those of you who are new, uh, I do hope that you stick around, and we don't, like I said, we don't do a whole lot with gaming uh, per se, but the channel, we've got seven different shows for you to enjoy, uh, lots of different topics that we cover, We uh, we have a couple of Star Wars programs, we have a Doctor Who program, we've got a horror show Uh, which just dropped a new episode over the weekend, Foreign Bodies. Uh, Mrs. Walker and Mr. Harvey talking about horror films from Ireland. Uh, So we invite you to check that out. And tonight, uh, on a brand new H2O podcast, Mr. Harvey and I are going to be talking about uh, radio programs. Uh, There have been some discussion of some different things that have popped up of late, and so we're going to take a look at some old science fiction, fantasy, horror radio productions. Uh, among them, I'm sure we will be talking about uh, NPR's adaptation of Star Wars. You've got uh, War of the Worlds in there, um, but uh, but yeah, we'll be talking about that. That's at 9 p.m. Eastern tonight, and then we'll be here to. Uh, we'll be back here tomorrow. Uh, no, wait, we will not be here tomorrow there will be no show tomorrow because not because of all of this that's going on uh but i have to uh i have to step out to uh to help my my son <clears throat> get his new car licensed and tagged <laughs> and i have a feeling that our trip to the dmv uh, since this is the, the the end of the month, uh, we'll probably be standing in a line for a while. So no show tomorrow. Uh, and then we will be back on Wednesday with our with our regular schedule. And then, of course, we've got Ranker Pit Thursday night. So, uh, so that's later on in the week. Uh, and, and I do hope everybody sticks around. Check out the rest of the videos that we've got. We've got a ton of videos here. Not just this show, but we've got... You know, six other shows. We've got interviews that date back to 2012. There, there's lots of stuff for you guys to check out. Uh, so, uh, so take a look around. You know, talk amongst yourselves. Take your shoes off. Stay a while. On your way out from this show, if you don't mind dropping us a, a thumbs up. If you have not subscribed to the channel yet, we do invite you to, and have your notifications turned on. Uh, we do have a newsletter that you can sign up for over at sci-fi-for-me.com, or in the in the in the show notes there. And we also do have a PayPal account, and we've got a Subscribe Star account for anybody that wants to support us that way. Uh, I don't do a whole lot to push that, but uh, but there it is. And. Uh, we will we will do this all again on Wednesday. So everybody um, who has been here in the chat this morning, I see Eastland there. She says money and it is an issue. If the art is no good, if it's not fun, then people won't buy it. Usually, the um, the e e-ca- e captions are being guilted into buying it or trend buying it to be cool. Uh, yeah, and and that could be some of it too. It's called bandwagon marketing. Uh, I did uh, I did some advertising in my day. And it's, you know, uh, there's there's a there's a TV commercial for Tab when I was a kid. I will never forget this. And the slogan was Tab for Beautiful People. It's a it was kind of a uh, kind of a Dr. Pepper type of rip off uh, knockoff thing. It was a horrible, horrible soda. But the commercial had this little jingle tab for beautiful people, and the last shot is a woman in a in a swimsuit coming up, kind of Bo Derek style, coming up off the beach, and then they do a shot of the can, and then they squeeze the middle of the can into an hourglass shape because you know drinking this soda will make you beautiful. It's that it's that whole appeal to benefit, and and well, you want to be part of the beautiful people, don't you? It's it's bandwagon marketing, and all of this stuff is happening still now. You want to be part of the cool crowd. You want to be part of the in crowd. You want to be hip and and trendy, and you want to be part of the group that actually matters. and it's it's the same kind of thing. But I think part of it also is exacerbated by people who feel a need to fit in. There's a lot of mental health that goes into that as well. A lot of people, you know in in this day and age, especially with the lockdown, the pandemic, a lot of isolation, a lot of people who are fighting depression. And so you want to feel like you belong. You want to feel accepted. You want to be part of a group. And I get that. And there's nothing wrong with that. And groups need to be accessible to anybody that wants to participate. So we'll see how this plays out. It's uh, it's still early. Um, it's still ugly. And hopefully it doesn't spill over to us too much. So we'll see. All right, so... Um, let me go through here. I see uh, sci fi snob. I'll drink a lot of tab. I drank a lot of tab in the 80s, but I didn't turn into a sexy woman, false advertising. Yeah, <laughs> all right. So, uh, sci fi snob, Lorenzo, Cam, Critical Blast, ADC, uh, Honey, Sub Zero, 911, Hyper Kaiju, Eastland. Who else am I? I don't want to miss anybody. I saw Mazers in here earlier. Hope you're feeling better. Uh, who else? Uh, Creators Outlet. Stick with it. Stay, stay, stay focused. You guys, you guys. It, growth happens. Growth happens whether whether you do it or not. Just stay steady. Uh, I see Davy. Uh, who else? I just I don't want I want to make sure that I don't miss anybody. But uh, but yeah, thanks everybody for being here. Uh, you can find us in podcast forum. You can find us on all the social media, and um, keep your heads down keep seat belts buckled it's going to be a bumpy ride remember there are 4 lights this has been a presentation of sci-fi for me radio copyright 2021 by flaming dog media llc all rights reserved no portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of flaming dog media